What is up? What is up, YouTube boxing family? Welcome back to another great episode for the YouTube channel, and this will be uploaded to my podcast links. Check them down in the description below. But um, this is KRAD7435 here. I'm back with another good post-fight boxing live stream for you guys. Um, I'm going to be covering the Jose Pedraza versus Richard Comey fight card. Um, this is actually like a pretty lit fight card. I'm not going to lie. There was like a lot of great knockout victories and uh i definitely had a lot of fun watching the fights um there's only very few fights that i did enjoy other fights i was like i wasn't really a fan of the stoppage and um i i wasn't a fan of you know the referees not doing their doing their jobs you know properly but yeah let's get right into it man i'm i'm just gonna cover this fight card and then i'll get up out of here for you guys um First things first, uh, shout out to the mighty, mighty LDBC and shout out to the TWT. Shout out to all you guys. Uh, shout out to all the respective creators uh, that be putting in that work. And hopefully I can get myself back on the journey back to where I once was back to 4,000 4, or more, uh, or more um, subscribers. So yeah, thank you guys for supporting my channel. More content uh, constantly being uploaded to the channel and more videos coming on the way. But yeah, let's get right into it, man. Uh, we're going to get into the very, very first fight to Mr. Dante Benjamin Jr. Having a tremendous, uh, sturdy test in front of him against uh, late Leandro Silva. He had a four-round unanimous decision victory. Uh, he is now, um, I believe, 4-0. Uh, and oh with uh, uh, two knockouts out of his four victories. Um, this is his second opponent that he's went the distance with, and I think this is a very good test for Dante. Um, I actually do respect Dante's drive to get better, 
Um, he's only 20 years old in the professionals. He came into the sport extremely young at 19, if I'm not mistaken. So a little over, um, well, actually, no. Uh, actually, yeah. yeah, 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 he did. He did. Yeah, he came into the sport at, at 19 because I remember he had his birthday back in May. So, yeah, uh, prior to that January uh, when he debuted on the Consacia versus Xavier Martinez card. Yeah, that's when Dante made his made his uh, mark, you know, as a professional fighter. But yeah, um, it was a very, very good fight. I respect um, everything that Dante's doing. He's not like one of these weird, young, hungry fighters that are not that doesn't learn from from his uh, past uh, mistakes. And um, I felt like he did what he had to do to get the victory. Um, I'm happy for him, and uh, I hope he can continue to do bigger and better things. Um, he had a very good test with uh, Leandro Silva. For those of you that don't know Leandro, um, he's a pretty sturdy fighter. He's more of like an MMA guy. He has more experience in that department. But I guess for the sake of the matter, this fight was more of like a gatekeeper type of fight. Um I don't think Leandro's going anywhere in boxing. Uh, he spent most of his career in MMA, and see, look, the thing about me is like I don't, I don't like the like I don't like the fact that MMA fighters come into boxing, but it's like if you're losing most of your fights and you're not like actually learning to win your fights better, then I don't, I don't see that to be very intelligent. I think I think it's best for you to just hang it up and find. A different profession because I don't I don't like to see guys that come into boxing like super late in their careers and they're not upgrading their skill set to avoid you know less punishment or more punishment. Um, so either way, Silva he had a good outing with um, with Dante Benjamin. I mean he doesn't have what the greatest record out there, but you know he's a decent fighter, so I definitely give him his props. But yeah, this is a very tough, rugged fight. Uh, so Silva was being a bit dirty in this fight, so I don't, I don't give him any credibility as far as like he needs to stop doing that. But Benjamin, he was in there, you know, with a vet that knew, you know, how to survive. <coughs> yeah, so let's get right on to the second fight of the card. Uh, Mr. Abdullah Mason had a tremendous four-round unanimous decision victory over Angel Rebolar. Um, he's a good fighter. He's not like the greatest fighter out there. Um, he finally tasted defeat uh, to Abdullah Mason. Um, he's not like the, like, how should I say, like, Rebelar, he's a good, like, inside pressure style fighter. And I think he's only going to get better from this loss because it's good that you start out fighters young in their career. And the only thing that I had, you know, um, thought, about Rebelar is just that he's just like a wild punching type of fighter. Um, you know, he's not he's not like the greatest technical fighter out there yet, but you know, he's coming out pretty good in his career to like do the things that he's supposed to do. And I mean he's only five on one, so I mean out of his five victories, he's only had three knockouts against uh guys that had winning well yeah the first guy that he stopped he debuted the same day as him uh, when he debuted back in July. And then that following opponent, that was a guy that was 0-1. And, 
and then his most recent stoppage was against a 5-0 guy, Juan Avila Medina. So, I mean, it's not bad, but it's like Rebelar, you know, we can obviously tell, like, he's been fighting, like, low-level opposition, so he's not, like, the greatest fighter out there, but, you know, more so, it, it, it seems like his natural weight is at 140 or 135, so... I'm not too sure why he would fight, um, you know, Abdullah at 135, unless he is a natural 135 pounder. I think I think Rebelar he fights very well at 135, and, and I would like to see him once again because he has like a very similar style to Louis Coria. Um, he's a super featherweight fighter that had been robbed a couple times in his career, but he has like a similar style to him. He needs to work more on his defense, but. I think that'll come in due time. So hopefully sooner than later, we'll probably see him more in the future. And we'll probably do what we, well, he'll, he'll probably do what's necessary for him to learn from his mistakes. And then he'll start elevating to a higher level. It, and that's why that I respect guys like him coming into the sport very young, because, you know, if you're made for you know, like, you know, if you're made for the professionals and you want to like basically earn your stripes early in the sport, um, it's best to come in young, so therefore you have more resume building experience. So therefore, people know who people know who you are as a professional fighter. So um, I respect that out of um, Angel. Um, it, um, it's good that he started his career down in Mexico, so therefore he could start, you know, fighting guys that are you know around his skill level, and just keep constantly you know upgrading you know the competition slowly. So Abdullah Mason, that was a very, very good fight. Uh, Abdullah didn't have, like, the easiest fight with Angel. Angel did did catch him, like, a couple times coming in. But um, I think I think it was just, like, a very good, you know, educational bout for both men or for, or for both young guys because they're both 18 years old. But uh, the thing about it is just that Abdullah Mason, he's a very, very technical fighter, and He's only like he's only getting better. That's the thing, though. Like Abdullah, he has so much to gain from fighting guys that are young, that are just as young as him. And the scary thing about it is, like you know, he doesn't fight like a reckless fighter. He like he fights like you know he's like a veteran, and um, I respect that out of him because that really shows that you know that uh, uh, the Mason family they're getting better every time when they fight and um i think with all the connections that abdullah mason and his brother amir and i don't know who the other brother is i think the other brother is some young some young fighter on the come up um i think he's an amateur right now but i forgot what his name is but um all three of those brothers are very intelligent and they have a very good mindset when boxing is done and what they do now in the sport so Shout out to all three of those brothers. Um, I definitely respect all of them. Um, I may be a little bit critical at times towards certain certain brothers out of the family, but uh, I mean, primarily it was towards Abdullah. But now that I see that he's actually getting way better, and he's not like getting hit with like unnecessary blows, and he's actually coming into his fights a lot more technically savvy with his defense and his uh, shot selection uh that just shows that abdullah he's not you know he's not like any of, he's not like any of these other fighters that puts himself in a bad position to 
um, to be basically hyped up early in their career. You know, he's actually building his tracks very, very slowly and very developmental. So uh, shout, shout out to Abdullah Mason and shout out to, you know, the rest of the family. Um, they're definitely getting better. So I'd like to see him back as soon as possible. And same thing with Angel. I think Angel's a very good up and coming fighter, even though, you know, uh, this was his sixth fight. So uh, that obviously shows that, you know, the younger generation of boxing, they're, you know, they're definitely earning their stripes early in the sport. So, you know, respect to these fighters and hopefully they could get more, uh, you know, economic traction or popularity on their side. Um, but let's talk about the third fight on the card. Um, we have Mr. Frivian Gonzalez, uh, Mr. Papi Chulo at a Puerto Rico at a Cedra. Um, 21 years old. Uh, he is a Orthodox, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he had upgraded his record or elevated his record to six and one with a stunning unanimous decision victory over Gerardo Esquivel. Uh, Gerardo, for those of you that don't know, he's not that much of a good fighter. Um, he, he's only had like three fights so far, but, um, he's a pretty decent, rough, rugged fighter. Uh, I didn't really respect him coming into this fight because, you know, Gerardo, he was fighting a bit dirty against Freebian. Um, the only problem that I had with this fight was that the referee took a point away, uh, against Freebian. Uh, simply because he was holding while he was hurt, but he wasn't excessively holding. He just did what he had to do, and he won the fight. Um, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, like box, like you know, like you know, why boxing referees have to be so so hyper strict, you know, against a fighter that's trying to fight smart. But it's like in certain cases, like that's how you know referees try to screw certain fighters over because they want the other fighter to like get a political advantage or, or something. So I don't, I don't know, but I think with Gerardo, he's like, you know, he like, like he obviously proved that he's not a good fighter. Um, I don't, I don't think he's a good fighter. I think he's a very dirty fighter. Um, even with his last, you know, last fight, he had like a seven rounder against some weird, you know, <laughs> Some some weird dude that I can't really you know uh, pronounce his name, but his name is Blawas Eagle Pipe. But you know he's not like you know he's not fighting like high level killers. He's not he's not like going up there in competition and actually fighting destructive names. So I mean this is a good sturdy test. Um, Gerardo doesn't really have that much power in his punches. He did he did he did hit Freevian with some good solid shots, but. Freevian Gonzalez, he's a tank. He um, he knows what he's doing. I've seen him fight before at the uh, Edgar Berlanga June 11th card. Um, he did a amazing job. He uh, dominated his opponent, Refugio Montanalo. Um, it was a good solid four-round fight. Um, I wish it was a little bit longer, but it was just a good fight for him to just get get his feet wet and just get back into the you know get back into the you know ring activity column to elevate himself higher but um this is his seventh professional fight his only loss came to the hands of mr brian lua um he's been hyper inactive prior to 2021 i don't know why that's the case i think it's probably something to do with outside life but uh it just sucks that brian's like not able to like come back 
or you know he hasn't been back since since that victory but uh yeah i mean freebian you know he you know he's doing his thing he, he's staying active he's getting better every time he every time when he fights and uh yeah you know like i'm happy for him man, because i because i really do believe you know gonzalez has a good chance of being a world championship level fighter but it's only in due time. Uh, he's ranked 414 in the world, accordingly. Well, according to Boxtrek on you know at the super featherweight division, I, I I don't know why they list him as a super featherweight. He's a lightweight, but you know with all the names here in the lightweight division, uh, there's plenty of good guys that I like to see him in the ring with. But if we want to go like top 100 or top 400, uh, let's try to say like maybe. Maybe down the line, like Humberto Galindo, I, you know, I think I think that's a very good fight. Um, you know, he's you know he's a solid fighter. Uh, I'd like to see him fight Keyshawn Davis. I think him and Keyshawn will be the fight to make sometime in the future. Maybe him and Victor Victor Padilla. Victor, you know, he's actually been uh you know been pretty active lately. He had a recent third round KO victory. Um, against uh, Jesus Ramon Perez, um, not the best fighter out there, but you know he knocked him out. You know that was a good, you know, um, like you know that's a pretty good, you know, decent veteran level victory. But I mean, either way, like Gonzalez, he has a lot of work to do. Um, he has a lot of competition that he has to watch out for. Uh, the lightweight division is heating up. There's a lot of solid names here that I'm seeing right now where. A lot of guys are starting to like really light up really fast. Uh, guys like Antonio Williams and oh, like I've heard about that one other Cuban dude, um, Armando Martinez Robbie. Uh, I've heard something something about him, but I think I think that was the name that somebody told me in the past to watch out for. Uh, Pedro Valencia, he's a very good fighter. I've heard about him. Uh, who else is good? Um, I mean, there's so many names out here, especially in the American section. Alejandro Reyes, he's a 23-year-old fighter. Um, I mean, there's just plenty of guys, you know, Angel Rodriguez, uh, Anthony Cuba, you know, he's also good too. There's just so many good names. Hey, salute to 86 Boxing. Salute to Mike Biggs Boxing. Thank you guys for coming by. Um, thank you guys. I, um, I appreciate every single one of you. But yeah, man, um, there's just so many big names that I could easily see Freebian go up against. And I think as far as like, the state of Puerto Rican boxing in the lightweight division, um, it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Like the competition is hot. They're on fire. I mean, I could I could easily name some other Puerto Rican lightweights that are really good. I think uh, Julio Solis and maybe Jacob Gomez. I think Jacob Gomez is a 140 pounder, but I might have to check that out. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty of good names on here, man. I could, I could go on for days to talk about it, but at the end of the day, like Freeman Gonzalez, you know, to me, like he, like he makes me think of a pure boxer. Um, I think, I think the biggest problem with him is that if he does not have power, then Freeman Gonzalez needs to work on keeping keeping the keeping the fight to a pure boxing match um i think i think that's the biggest problem with freebian gonzalez if he does not have power to keep opponents off of him 
which it's clear as day to show like his you know his power does keep opponents away from him but i guess like when we head into like a late game situation we must you know like like basically we like we as boxing you know uh boxing fans and students of the game that study the sport consistently we have to understand that power doesn't help you win fights but power plays a huge factor when you get up to the contender stage and when you get up to the world title stage so when you get hit by guys that are heavy-handed punchers especially those that know how to box with their power that creates a deadly separation and skill set to the point where if you're not able to offset those mechanisms that's going to put you in a really tough position of which okay look if i don't have power but i know how to box which way do you go do you try to bang with the power puncher or do you try to go all 12 rounds with the power puncher because you know the problem is is this that if if, if like you know if a guy like freebian if he can't keep a guy that's a heavy hitter off of him then yeah you know he'll very well get stopped or he could just lose a really bad decision where you know he gets banged up you know the entire distance so that's just something that i'm a little bit worried you know like about he's only had one ko so far but i think it's only because that you know he's still growing into his body he's not you know he's obviously not like showing his true potential yet but maybe somewhere somewhere down the line freeman gonzalez he could you know he could do some damage like i'm not you know i'm not going to take him out of the conversation uh compared to you know any other fighter like a Josue vargas i don't i don't see Josue being as good as he used to be i think i think his career is not the same no more compared to any other up-and-coming puerto rican fighter they they do have potential it's just that you know we have to see where the progression is and you know what's up the best form of matchmaking to bring them to the high level but freebie gonzalez he did good um gerardo like i said he he doesn't have that much power in his punches but when he was hurting freebian he wasn't really hurting him flush and freebian he took those shots very well and he had a very good backup plan to offset those shots that he was getting hit with so he did a good job there's really nothing i could really say anything bad about his performance um he did what he had to do uh it was a good sturdy test uh for him to get better and just get rounds in and that's something that i respect out of freeman he you know like you know he's learning on the job but he's getting better every single performance so uh shout, shout out to mr freeman uh gonzalez um so yeah let's move on with the next fight with uh kelvin davis versus sebastian uh gabriel chavez uh for those of you that don't know uh i believe sebastian gabriel chavez he's uh related to uh diego chavez uh that was a former opponent of uh keith thurman back in the day but um you know that uh um uh that was pretty interesting that i heard something like about that but yeah, Gabriel Chavez, you know, he's a good fighter. Um, he got stopped, you know, you know, in his last fight against uh, Delante Tiger Johnson that fought on the card. But um, he surprisingly went the distance with uh, Kelvin Davis. Um, I thought I thought Kelvin was going to stop him in this fight. I wasn't really so sure if um, Kelvin was really going to have the ability to, you know, stop him early or stop him late. But you know it was a pretty good fight um either way uh kelvin kelvin did a thing um he doesn't look like a shot fighter he doesn't look like he's 
you know, he's afraid to like, you know, let his hands go. The only thing I'm I'm concerned about Kelvin is, um, um, is his chin. I think I think Kelvin has kind of proven that he could, you know, he could pack a punch. But you know, the biggest takeaway from it with Kelvin is just that, you know, his you know his chin is very hittable to the point where um, I can I can easily see like a power puncher really stopping him because he does leave his chin wide open in certain exchanges where he thinks he's going to knock you out. But if you just time your shot right. You know, there's a good solid chance where uh, Kelvin could very well get stopped, but I think that's where Kelvin he you know he comes into the to the equation where you know he wants to stop you, but um, he's now taking his time when he goes out there to fight. He doesn't just go out of his way and just start blowing dudes out. But I think either way, um, you know, he's a good fighter. It's just that he just needs to keep improving and just keep doing the things that he needs to do. Um, you know, he, like, I think, I think it's just because that Kelvin, he's not like a, he's not like a hyper season fighter yet. And he came into the sport a little bit late. Uh, he started his career, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2020, uh, that was during, you know, the start of COVID it, or I, I, I guess like during like, the whole lockout session, but, um, yeah, you know, he debuted back in 2020. And ever since then, you know, he's won uh, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six fights. So, I mean, he's a good, solid fighter. I mean, he has skills. It's just that, you know, he just needs to keep on improving. And I think uh, that's where we could get more knowledge about Kelvin, and then we could start seeing him rise up to the rise up to the um, to, like to the um, expectations more. So. Uh, Great victory. I mean, Sebastian Chavez, he was a sturdy opponent. He gave Kelvin some some work, but I think Kelvin figured it out pretty quickly. And uh, as much as I don't really respect the fact that he's working with Bomac and, you know, as much as I don't like Terrence Crawford anymore and his team, I don't I don't think Bomac is really that good of a trainer. So I don't <laughs> I don't know what Kelvin's going to be doing in the future, but hopefully sometime you know down the road he can he could probably find like a better trainer i think i think if he had like a guy like a i don't know like a Derek james or like a manny robles like somewhere somewhere down the line where he where where he has a very good trainer that that actually works with the skills and abilities i think kelvin can can easily dominate you know you know a lot of fights easier but i just don't think bomac is like the right you know trainer for the um for the mathematical like equation that's that's coming into the factoring but <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it for that uh great victory overall uh i'd like to see kelvin back in the ring as soon as possible but that was a good performance uh he definitely balled out in this fight let's talk about the next fight with uh jeremiah milton versus nick jones uh this is a great heavyweight matchup uh Jeremiah Milton knocked out Nick Jones in the second round. Um, this is a good fight. Um, Milton, I'm not really too sold on him. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a decent um, heavyweight, and um, the problem that I have with Milton is that he's a very slow heavyweight. Uh, he has to think a lot when he formulates his shots, and I don't I don't really think. Milton is like the greatest fighter out there. I mean, he does have power. There's no doubt about it. 
but the problem is just that when he formulates his shots, he goes in there with the mentality to think that his opponents are not going to hit back and actually give him give him like a tough fight. And I think that's where Milton's downfall will begin because when you look at Milton as a fighter, he's a good, solid, power-punching heavyweight. But I think once you bring it to like a higher standard where he's actually put in a much deeper position, I think that's where Milton will start to fall more as a heavyweight. And I would like to just see him more active because, you know, prior to 2020, um, I mean, he was a little bit active, but, you know, that was only for two fights. And then 2021, he only fought once. That was like back on April 10th. Uh, I, I think that was, I think that was on the Michaela Mayer card or, 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 um, whatever, but actually, no, no, that was like a different card. Sorry. But basically, um, yeah, predating to now he's been active, you know, pretty solid. He, he was active on january and then fast forward to to june to june 11th and then you know obviously recently with uh you know the recent jose pedraza card so that was back in august so i mean hopefully we get to see him soon i just don't like the major cutoff in time because i think like the problem with uh milton is just that Either if he's doing business with top rank only, he's only getting fights that top rank, you know, offers to him, you know, you know, you know, without the next available dates. So, you know, I like I like the fact that he's staying busy. But the problem is, is like, you know, he's uh, 28 years old, so he needs to start, you know, building up his career a lot faster if he's trying to get up to the world title stage. But. I think I think Melvin he's going to get set up with big fights soon. He needs to start winning and start doing, you know, a lot more uh, you know, higher scaled matchups and I think eventually in due time Milton, he'll start to do the things that he needs to do to to actually be a potential player in the heavyweight division. So, credit to Jeremiah Milton. That was a good performance. Uh, I'd like to see him back again. So, yeah, let's move forward with the next fight. Uh, we have Mr. F.A. Ajagba uh, destroying Joseph Darmos. Um, this is a very easy fight for F.A. He just beat the crap out of this guy, stopped him in two rounds. I don't have too much to say about this, but F.A. Ajagba deserves a much harder opponent. I didn't really appreciate the fact that he fought some old 38-year-old-looking 38, Euro bomb that no one heard of, and I don't. I don't think Darmos is that good of a fighter. Uh, actually, yeah, he's thirty-five, but or, or no, he's a uh, thirty-seven. Sorry, but you know he's not that good. He doesn't. He doesn't have that much. You know, um, how should I say traction in his career? Uh, he got stopped in his last fight by Alfonso Lopez. Uh, I have no clue who who he is, but. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it pretty much shows you who he is. He fights to the level of his competition and he's not he's not that good of a fighter. He's fourteen and five now with uh three draws, so I, I don't I don't see anything good coming out of his career and maybe hopefully sometime in the future maybe he'll try to get some journeyman fights, but at this stage of your career getting blown out by a twenty eight year old 
heavyweight fighter that shouldn't have been in the ring with him in the first place. Yeah, that pretty much speaks for itself. Fa, he's not, you know, he's not like, you know, he's not doing any better justice fighting a low-level bum. So I didn't, I didn't really like that fight. I think honestly, like Fa should have fought somebody credible, like the Jermaine Franklin or or somebody like somebody that's gonna give him a fight. Because I know Fa, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get matched up tough again. But it's like who, you know, out of all these heavyweights, you know, I like personally for me, like I would like to see Adam Stewart beat up on Fa Ajakba, because I think at like I think Adam Stewart would destroy Fa, you know, Ajakba. And and um, if you guys don't know who who Adam Stewart is, um, I suggest you go take a look at him on uh, Skywalker Boxing, um, aka Tim. You know, Mr. Skywalker, um, he had an interview with him, and I was a part of it. And, uh, you know, we chopped it up pretty well, you know, with him. But uh, Adam Stewart, he's definitely a very, very good, solid heavyweight. Um, I think I think Adam Stewart will start to shock a lot of people more when he starts to get these fights, uh, you know, sealed, sealed and delivered. But um, it's going to be interesting to see where Stewart, you know, goes within his uh, career. But I'd like to see um, um, I'd like to see FA go up against a guy like him. So maybe sometime in the future when we see FA back back um, back in the ring, uh, that that will be a good fight to see somewhere down the line. But you know that's uh, like, like you know those are my thoughts on that. Let's uh, move forward with the next fight. We got Mr. Delante Tiger Johnson. Uh, destroying Harry Gigilotti. Um, I, I I wasn't really too sold on Harry. I never really thought of him to be <laughs> that good of a fighter. But uh, this is a pretty decent fight. I mean, you know, he's never been stopped. Uh, he lost to, you know, some solid level guys like uh, Antonio Williams. Um, he lost to Aaron Aponte. And uh, who else uh, did he lose to? Um, oh, Chris Jacobs. Yeah. You know, he's a pretty decent, you know, fighter, but you know, he's not that good himself, but yeah, you know, he's a, like, how should I say? He's like a gatekeeper type of fighter. I don't, I don't think his scaling is really going up anywhere higher to that, to that level, but either way, Harry, he got stopped for the very first time. It wasn't like a, like, like an actual, like, you know, destructive stoppage. Uh, his corner, I think, threw on the towel, and Delante Johnson, he just beat the crap out of him, man. He just, he just, he like he whipped him, and he just sent them to, you know, he sent them to the nether realm. He just, you know, he just took a soul away. And Harry, Harry is just not that good of a fighter. So I've never, I've never really thought of Harry to be that good. Um, I, 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 I've seen him a couple times, but you know, once I started to like actually like you know, look at his fights. Um, he's like any other, you know, typical, you know, white fighter. I don't, I don't really, you know, like to bring race, you know, you know, into the conversation, but, you know, the problem with him is just that, you know, he hasn't really done anything, you know, hyper, you know, spectacular. Um, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really put himself in position to fight, you know, high level guys and, I mean, knowing that Tiger Johnson is a, you know, he's he is an up and coming welterweight, you know, in the division, uh, that pretty much explains for itself, like, 
you know, Harry, Harry, Harry was basically, you know, called up to get beat up on, you know, on the next up and coming dudes. But um, I don't, I don't think it's really him. I think it's just due to the fact that his style doesn't really meet the level of, you know, of uh, what people want to see out of the high level fighters. But I think, you know, these names that I mentioned, getting stopped by Delonte Johnson, of course, you know, Tiger Johnson, he's a beast, but losing to Antonio Williams in which, you know, he's a good fighter himself. You know, nobody, you know, nobody's really talking about him yet, but he's a good fighter. You know, he, he has skills, uh, but losing to those level type of like opponents, uh, that's a really, really good look to show that, you know, Harry, he's, you know, he's a good, decent fighter, but he's not like the greatest fighter out there. So, I mean, there's really nothing to really be mad about. It's just that Harry, he's just really not that type of dude to really put himself in position to really take out anybody um, notable, per se. But, yeah, this actually was um, interesting because if I'm not mistaken, this fight was set up for 140. So I find it weird that Delonte Johnson would go down to 140 because if I'm not mistaken, like, he, you know, he looks way better, at, you know, um, um, he looks way better at, um, um, at the welterweight division, but I don't really see why he should go down a junior welterweight. I don't, I don't think that's a really, you know, good start of his career to campaign at. I think, I think he should really test out the waters at the welterweight division, but I think, I think that's probably what, what he's going to do. He's going to see how far, how far or how long he could stay at 140 and then, He'll move up to 147 eventually, but I mean, you know, he does fight at like these, like, like, you know, these um little catch weights. So I don't, I don't know what Delonte Johnson is planning on doing, but I think to me at least, he looks way better at 147 compared to 140. But you know, we'll find out. Now let's talk about the next fight with uh, Richard Torres Jr. versus Marco Antonio Canedo. Uh, I was very disappointed in this fight. Um, nothing against Marco Antonio Canedo. He tried his best, I guess, but he just didn't do anything spectacular. Uh, he got knocked out with a pretty good, you know, left hook, right hook combination. And Richard Torres, I don't, I don't know if I could really say <laughs> he's gonna be that good, but you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I think, I think Richard Torres, he's. You know, he's a knockout waiting, you know, like, like, you know, he's a knockout victim waiting to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't think Richard is that good. I think how everything is being set up for him is that top rank is really trying to make like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys can, you know, can like agree. I think, I think top rank is trying to make Richard into another Tommy Morrison, but they're trying to like slowly build them up to a level of which, he could actually be good and then they're going to try to like paint this paint him as like you know um 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 as like the next great white american hope and you know even though richie you know he's like a white you know i guess i think he's like mexican but you know he's also white too so i mean either way like i don't i don't have anything like against him it's just that to me you know as like a you know as like a boxing fan you know, looking in, I just, I don't know, man. I think, I think Richie needs to stop being hyped up right now. He needs, you know, he needs to, 
he needs to take his time, man. He, you know, he needs to just be matched up with guys that are just as good as him, and let's see how good, you know, he is. I don't, I don't think Richie is that good yet. And I mean, you know, there's nothing bad that I say, you know, like about that. I just think Richard Torres, you know, he has a lot of building to do, and um, you know, that's very much, you know, my actual thoughts. Um, 86 boxing said that knockout was brutal. It was a severe mismatch. Yeah, it was, man. You know, I felt bad for Canado because I don't, I don't really have anything bad to say about, you know, the, I guess like, you know, guess like the fight, but I guess like as far as like the support, you know, but the medical support team that 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 didn't do their job, um, I think I think like the medical support team did a really horrible job, and um, you know, Richard Torres was basically just gifted some form of like a you know i don't know just like a highlight reel knockout to the point which no one cared about canado's health and everybody was just all hyped up you know about him stopping him but it's like canado was looking like he was about to die like i don't i don't know if you guys can like agree with that but it it, it just didn't feel right with me and you know as much as knockouts are impressive to see I don't like you know I don't want to spend like my money to see somebody get floored like that. So <laughs> um for like you know for anybody listening, you know, I just you know, you know, for me at least I look out for the safety of fighters and I would like to see a fighter go home healthy and safe and they could, you know, live to see like another day. But I think the referee should have stopped that fight a lot sooner and they should have had like a better medical support team where they gave him oxygen. They gave him plenty of water fluid because he definitely looked like he was about to die. And uh, I just don't understand why, you know, nobody from Canado's corner actually even came in, try to help him up. And I don't even know who really was there to, you know, to even notify anybody because they try to act like as if like, oh, don't worry, Canado, Canado's going to be okay. Just pick him back up, put him up on a stool, and then he'll be all right. No, like, like you know, like the guy looks like, like uh, the guy looks like, like you know, um, um, he's about to die. So I don't know, man. I think I think that was a horrible medical, like you know, responsibility, uh, or uh, that was a horrible medical irresponsibility done by the commission and by the team that was set up to organize, you know, with the fight. For you know, for like a guy like him to get stopped that bad, uh, I think I think there should be some form of like you know of an investigation on that. Uh, uh, that was just horrible, you know, horrible refereeing and that was horrible management, you know, of taking care of Canado's health. And surprisingly, uh, you know, I I, um, I guess it um, I guess it was like you know expected to be said that Canado. Um, he also has like another fight scheduled soon back in Mexico, but I think that's, you know, like coming up, I think like within like a day or so, but after him getting floored like that or getting beat up to, to like, you know, to like a bloody pulp like that, um, I would say no, uh, he should, <laughs> he should be suspended. He should be, you know, sat out for like a good five, six months. And then, you know, if he's able to you know, to go back, you know, into the ring, then go for it. But I just, you know, I just don't like to see people like that to to get knocked out brutally like that. And then, 
you know, they're going to go back home and try to fight, like, you know, of, like, you know, try to fight once again. Nah, screw that shit, man. I don't, I don't like that, man. That's just absolutely horrible. Very poor, very poor, you know, uh, commitment from, you know, from the commission to help him out. And, you know, whoever, you know, was really organizing that planning should, should definitely be held like accountable. Uh, 86 Boxen said, no, I agree. His eyes were glazed, similar to the case with Patrick Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a very good point. Um, you know, when Patrick Day got brutally knocked out by Charles Conwell, um, rest in peace to Patrick Day, but Patrick Day looked like he was about to die. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't look like a natural, you know, like he didn't look like he was naturally just put to sleep and, you know, he was going to like get back up and look okay. Now he actually looked sedated. He looked like his body was going to give like, you know, like, you know, was going to basically shut down on him and he looked like he was about to die. So similar to that situation, um, I think Canado, he needs a, um, he needs serious medical like attention and I would send him to the nearest hospital and he needs to take a lot of time off. I don't care. Like, you know, if I was managing, you know, his team or, you know, uh, or, you know, um, um, if I was like working in some, you know, commission board, like I would, I would suspend them. I don't, I don't care. Like, you know, fighter, like, you know, fighters that get like fighters that get knocked out brutally like that, you know, like people, people that get knocked out in general should have some form of a, some form of a temporary suspension. And then you could, and then you could go back into fighting after you pass like some form of like a medical procedure to make sure that you're fully, you know, back in shape to actually fight again because it's like stuff like that could easily cause a lot of fighters to get killed like that and like you know boxing you know is like a very dangerous sport so people people that 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 go through stuff like that um they could easily get themselves killed um yeah but 86 boxing said i agree in it being a poor job as far as how they handle it yeah you know like it was just sad man you know i you know i just I like, like, you know, I was like, you know, um, um, extremely, you know, mad and pissed off, you know, when I just saw that happen, but, um, it was absolutely horrible and I would not like to pay my hard earned money to go see a fight like that. And somebody almost gets killed, you know, on the spot. And that would be very sad, <laughs> but yeah, uh, congratulations to Richard. Um, I'm not sold on his, on his, uh, on his skills yet um i think i think what richard is just that you know he's been fed you know a lot of like low level opposition lately or he's just been fed low level opposition as of now just to look good so i don't i don't like to see these type of you know hand-picked opponents where richard is just coming out here trying to get knockouts but i don't i don't think richard is really going that far uh i think i think what top rank is really trying to do they're trying to like make another like Tommy Morrison, like, you know, great white hope type of fighter. And I don't I don't like it, like, you know, um, um, I don't like to like, you know, to paint Richard as that. I think I think Richard can go far, but he's not gonna be like a world championship level fighter per se, unless like top rank tries to like set him up, you know, with like a belt, like they always do with all their fighters, where they try to play it safe to be careful with all the fighters that they match you up with. But then once it's time for you to go for like a world title, 
they try to like you know they try to give you like the easiest path to a title you know which isn't always true because every title fight that any fighter goes through that's always going to be tough but you know if you're not that good to begin with you know your skills are going to show you know within you know the ring so i think i think when richard starts to you know uh, um you know when he starts to elevate his competition a lot higher i think torres will start to understand that he's not like the same fighter as he once like you no know, as he once was in the amateurs and i think his style will start to be exposed more by deadlier opposition uh 86 boxing said with the experience that torres had as an amateur he shouldn't be facing these type of guys we see guys from uzbekistan and other areas fast tracking yeah and uh that's a good point that you mentioned uh you know um um if you look at the fight that he had with jalalov um i think that type of style is gonna hurt richard in the future because when richard starts to get hit and he starts to get hit with like flush shots that that will actually hurt him i think that's when richard will start to understand that you know his power doesn't carry into the late game and i think like once he starts facing like pure technically driven boxers i think i think it's game over i just don't think richard is just this type of guy where he comes into his fights where he's gonna look good but then the minute you crack him and the minute you brutally hurt him it's just you know it's just not going to be about the same fighter i think i think richard will start to show a lot more holes in his game when people are are coming back to fight back and then when and then when they actually hurt him and, and like a mobilism in a fight i think i think richard will be put you know in a much worse position than for what most people would not you know really expect out of them but yeah i mean that's pretty much how i see it hey salute to you combat tool bag yo click the link bro you know come join up you know on the panel uh yeah salute uh, salute the combat tool bag um, he's a professional fighter. Um, he just recently had his first fight uh, not too long ago. But, yeah, go check out that link. You know, he's a very, very good fighter. He has his own channel. And, um, you know, he's a, like, you know, he's a good, like, you know, up-and-coming fighter. But, yeah, salute to Combat Toolbag. Thank you for coming through. And uh, salute to you, um, Mr. 86 Boxing, for coming through. Mike Biggs, Jose Diaz, and uh, everybody else that's probably watching. Um, I like doing these type of post-fight, you know, live shows, and I'm going to continue to keep on doing them and, uh, you know, get my channel back on top, man. I was at 4,000 subscribers, 3.1 million channel views, so I'm definitely coming back on top. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about the co-main event and the main event, and I'm going to be out of here. Um, the co-main event with Jared Big Baby Anderson versus... Miljan Ravkanen, the Serbian fighter. Uh, he was uh, dethroned finally by Mr. Jared Big Baby Anderson after he had a three-fight current win streak. Um, he he knocked out his last two out of out of three recent opponents, um, but he had a decision back in December of that 2021. But then leading up to now, he got stopped by Jerry Big Baby Anderson. Uh, this was a pretty good, decent fight. Um, I didn't really, you know, 
I didn't really think Jared Anderson came into this fight like 100% ready, ready. I mean, he like he did look good. Don't you know? Don't get it twisted. Jared Jared Anderson has skills, but the thing about him is that he's been put up against fighters for the sake of him looking good for what he can do to you. Now, when we look at the heavyweight division, um, Jared Big Baby Anderson is one of those heavyweights where either he could easily take over the heavyweight division or he could very well get blown out very quickly. And by looking at the style that he presents in the heavyweight division, um, I think Jared Anderson is the type of guy where he could very well make a lot of noise. But the thing is, is that if you're looking good against guys that we know that you could easily stop, then there shouldn't be any excuse for you to step up your opposition, at least to the top 50, where I would believe Jared Anderson could potentially be. See, now, when we look at Jared Big Baby Anderson, he is now 12-0. He has stopped every single opponent um, up to date. He's never gone the distance with any fighter. Um, he's basically stopped most of his most of his most of his opposition within three to four rounds. Um, he's never seen, um, you know, um, um, any fight to the full distance. He's always knocked out everybody. And I mean, he could pack a punch. He's a good ass fighter. Um, you know, the thing about Jared Anderson is just that he's just the type of guy where you know what, like, 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 you know what he's going to do to you. But the thing is, is that he's only looking good for, you know, for, for, for what we could speculate to say that he could very well take over, you know, the division just because, you know, he's beating up on guys that, you know, that we don't know. But looking at the list on box rec, there's a lot of good names here that I'd like to see him face. Um, I think he should face a guy like Jermaine Franklin, which this would have been a way better fight because Jermaine Franklin, for those of you that don't know, he's a very good fighter. Uh, he just recently fought back in May. He had a fifth round TKO victory over Rodney Moore. Uh, not the greatest fighter out there, but a decent fighter. But yeah, he stopped him. You know, good, decent opponent, had some decent power. But uh, Jermaine Franklin would be that guy to probably give Jared Anderson a very difficult test. Uh, not only because he is a very big, brawlic heavyweight, uh, just like Jared Big Baby, but I think, you know, the power and the destructive pressure fighting that Jermaine Franklin specializes in, that's what's going to make Jared Big Baby Anderson be put in a bigger corner where we're going to start seeing Jared Anderson go go through deep waters. And um, I think that's a good fight. Um, I also like to see him and Andrew Tabidi fight each other. Um, Andrew Tabidi had his fight recently, not too long ago, on the AJ Usyk you know, undercard. That was out in Saudi Arabia. He knocked out or he stopped James Wilson, who was undefeated. Uh, he's a decent fighter, but not the greatest fighter. But, you know, he looked pretty good at heavyweight. Um, I think I think Andrew I think Andrew Tabidi would be a pretty good solid matchup. Um, I think him and Jared Anderson, they you know they would definitely have a major chess match you know you know between each other. And I think with uh, Andrew Tabidi, it's just that uh, 
He has a lot more experience than Jared Anderson would bring to the table. But the problem that I would think that Andrew Tabidi would face against uh, Jared Big Baby Anderson would be the size differential. Because uh, even though his opponent that he recently fought on the AJ Usa card wasn't as big as him, he still had a little bit of problems trying to exert his power all the way. So I think I think the size differential will be a major factor when Andrew starts to like, you know, hyper step it up to like, you know, all the bigger names in the heavyweight division. But Andrew Tabidi looks like he could be a very good solid player in the heavyweight division. Um I like to see a fight with him and Dakari Mack Truck Scott. Uh I think him and Mack Truck would be a flame matchup. Um for those of you that don't know who Dakari Scott is, he's a very good up and coming heavyweight fighter. Um, he just recently, you know, got defeated by uh, Jonathan Guidry. He uh, unfortunately gassed out in that fight against him, which got him stopped. But, um, you know, he's a good fighter. You know, he's not, you know, he's not like a bum. He definitely has, you know, skills. It's just that the only problem that Dakari Scott really presents is just that his, uh, um, um, his stamina definitely needs like a lot of work. But I think I think that was a good experience for him to like actually have two ten rounders back to back, and unfortunately that even though that he did get stopped by Jonathan Guidry, that was a very good fight experience builder for him because Jonathan Guidry, he's the type of guy where he's a rough rugged heavyweight. But the thing about him is like John, Jonathan Guidry, he's not that good of a fighter where he's gonna start like blowing dudes out. But he's going to be like that type of guy where he's like gatekeeper status, where he's either going to give you a tough fight or he's going to make it a tough fight and you could either stop him or he could stop you. But, I mean, even in his last fight against uh, Trevor Bryan, um, he was struggling very, very hard against Trevor Bryan. And uh, Trevor Bryan was giving him some some hard, heavy blows. And uh, he, uh, he actually downed him in round 12 in that fight. But... Many still said that Jonathan Guidry could have won that fight against Trevor Bryan. But I actually thought Trevor won that fight. I thought he won like seven rounds to five. And I'm not saying that because, you know, because he's from my area. But <laughs> shout out to Albany, New York. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Trevor Bryan, you know, uh, that uh, that was a that was a very good performance by Mr. Gui- by, by Mr. Guidry. And uh, for him to stop Dakari Scott heading into the next fight, to be in position for the WBA title, uh, that definitely speaks a lot of volume. So, uh, you know, that's going to be very interesting to see what Jonathan Guidry does in his up-and-coming fights. But, yeah, he's a very, very good opponent that I'd like to see Jerry Big Baby Anderson face as well. And i probably say, finally, another good opponent that I'd like to see Jared Anderson face would be, um, hmm, I like to see Mr. I like to see Mr. Daniel Dubois. I think I think Daniel Dubois would be a very good opponent. Cause if you think about it, if Jared Anderson can beat a guy like Daniel Dubois, that would put him in major position to be a champion. But on top of that, he will he will have the opportunity to face any of the top heavyweights at the top five or top ten. That being like you know, guys like AJ Alexander Usyk, Deontay Wilder, 
I'm not too sure what Usyk and AJ will be doing, but I think if Jared Anderson could beat a guy like Daniel Dubois, that'll speak a lot of volume about his skill set because if you could stop him and you could beat him in devastating fashion, that's going to make your name skyrocket a lot bigger in the heavyweight division. So I think Daniel Dubois is going to be a target for a guy like him. And I think another good fight for Jerry Big Baby Anderson would also be, um, I think it, I think another good fight would be against a guy like Philip Ergovich, Otto Wallin, Tony Yoka, Ali Demirzin, uh, Maybe Murat Gassiev. Uh, I don't. I don't think Gassiev is like the best fighter out there, but he's a decent heavyweight. He's not like the greatest heavyweight, but that's a good experience builder fight. Um, I mean, if you want to go after, you know, guys like Zeli Zong or Charles Martin, go for it. That's a you know, those are you know, amazing matchups. Um, I want to mind an Adam Kalnaki fight. I think. I think he would. I think he would fold. You know, like a guy like, like you no, know, uh, like a guy like Adam Kaunaki, uh, George. You know, Arias. I think I think he would beat the crap out of George, um, George, um, George Arias. And uh, I want to mind a fight against uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. I think I think Jarrell Miller would be a pretty good, decent fight. Um, you know, he's undefeated, so that's a good, you know, that's a good feat for Jared Big Baby Anderson to uh to pad a good victory like that under his resume so i don't know the options are very very high for mr jerry baby anderson but as far as what he should do he should just you know continue on getting better uh i think it's just time for him to just start uh you know you know start upgrading his competition a lot more uh 86 bucks and said bogdan dino wait Wait a minute, Bogdan Dino, isn't he a cruiserweight? Hold on. Actually, no, I think he's a heavyweight. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah, Bogdan Dino. Oh, Bogdan Dino. Yeah, Dino. Bogdan Dino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that Romanian guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to see that fight. I think... I think I think Jared Anderson should go after any young heavyweight that's like in the top 100 or top 50. But Bogdan Dino, I guess if you want to say that's going to be a good fight for him to just, you know, put himself, you know, in a good, you know, position, because you know he, you know, he did challenge Daniel Dubois for for the WBA, you know, interim, you know, championship back back in 2021. And then he unfortunately got stopped later in his next fight recently to Kevin Lorena. So I don't know. I think I think it's gonna be interesting to see where uh Jared Jared and Jared Jared Anderson will be. Cause either I think a fight with him and Ergovich would be a very good fight to be made. I'd like to see that fight. I don't see why Ergovich would not want that fight. Uh if he can't put himself in position to be a mandatory. Which that's what I heard because by the IBF, by the IBS recent announcements, uh, I thought that fight between him and Zeli Zhang that was supposed to be the world title eliminator spot to be the mandatory. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see 
what the IBF is going to do. But if, if Ergovich is going to be the mandatory, then I'd say the next best available opponent for Jared Big Baby Anderson is to go after a guy like Adam Kaunaki, uh Daniel Dubois. Definitely, definitely take out Dubois. He could, you know, he could easily beat, you know, beat up Daniel Dubois. Uh, go after Mar- Martin Bacoli, take out Frank Sanchez. I think, I think he would wipe the floor on Frank Sanchez. Um, I think, I think Jared Anderson, he's in a good position right now. Uh, he really doesn't have that really, like, he doesn't have any limitations of which route he can go. But as we're seeing right now, like, he's a top 100 heavyweight, and there's so much opposition that's coming up. See, now, a fight that I would be very, very scared for him to fight would be up against that Cuban dude, for those of you that don't know, Lanier Pero. Uh, he's a beast. Uh, he just recently had a knockout victory against uh, Joe Caldo, in which he's not like, the best heavyweight fighter, but yeah, he knocked him out pretty bad. Uh, very, very good fighter. He fought on the Omar Figueroa, Sergey Limpinets, you know, undercard, and he looked absolutely insane. So um, that's a very, very tough, heavy handed puncher that I would definitely be you know, a little bit cautious of, even though he's a southpaw, he's six foot four and a half, 70, 79 inch, you know, arm reach. Uh, I think, I think Pero is going to give Jared Anderson a run for his money. But other than that, that's pretty much it with the heavyweight division. There's really not that many, you know, good heavyweights that I could see coming up. I mean, Sonny Kanto, maybe, you know, he might, he might do some damage, but you know, heading heading forward. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I definitely will look forward to seeing Adam Stewart. I think I think he'll do some damage, and then, you know, after that, that's pretty much it. I don't I don't really see that many other you know good fighters, you know, coming up. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the main event, um, and then I'll get up out of here. Uh, Jose Pedraza versus Richard Colmey. Uh, I thought this fight was Jose Pedraza's fight. I thought he won this fight. I didn't think Richard Comey won this fight at all. Um, I find it surprising that he would be he would be given a draw, but I thought this fight was clearly um, Pedraza's fight to win. Um, I scored it seven rounds to three. I didn't think Pedraza lost that many rounds. Uh, I thought Comey was like the fighter to be less, you know, like, you know, to be less desirable to try to win any rounds. And uh, he looked very tired at the later portion of those rounds, especially in the championship rounds. And I thought Pedraza, he did a thing to win. So I I don't know what, like, I don't know what would happen. Um, I think, I think um, Pedraza should go ahead and rematch Richard Comey, but I don't know what top rank would definitely like I don't know what Top Rank would do, in uh, you know, in setting up, you know, a next, you know, potential rematch between them. But if they do have like a rematch, I'd probably say, you know, make that rematch, you know, by late fall or early winter, you know, definitely, definitely by December. But that's very much it of what I have to say about that. Uh, I thought Kome looked a little bit better with his power, but his power definitely did not carry. All the way through, uh, I thought Pedraza was up a more heavily decorated fighter, and 
he showed a lot more levels to the game than uh, Richard did. And uh, I thought Pedraza, he looked to be the more superior, devastating fighter. So, um, yeah, you know, he did get pieced up a bit, and he definitely got hurt a couple times. But Pedraza, he's a very, you know, heavily ex- heavily experienced, you know, veteran, you know, fighter. And uh, I thought he did a very, very good job in handling the situations in certain rounds to to get the victory. So, yeah, shout out to Jose Pedraza. I thought he won the fight, and uh, shout out to Richard Colme. He did a very good job, but it just wasn't like enough for him to win, in my honest opinion. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, especially to be published on the podcast as well. So, be sure to go check me out on the podcast. I have more links to the podcast, so my expansion is definitely growing a lot faster. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Be sure to like, rate, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to share this video. Do what you got to do. And that's about it, man. I will see you guys later. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely drop your links uh, to every single one of you guys. 86 Boxing, um, Combat Tool Bag. Uh, I know Jose Diaz. I don't think he has a channel, but Mike Biggs, if you want to drop your link, go right ahead. Please do it. Uh, do what you got to do. But yeah, man, this was a very good episode, and I can't wait to keep on doing more of these type of shows. I enjoy doing podcast episodes. Uh, I kind of wish they they were live, kind of like a radio broadcast, because I would I would easily get a lot of traffic doing that, but. Knowing that I just upload episodes, uh, that's pretty much how I do it. So, <laughs> yeah, like I try to, I try to do like the best I can to try to upload like an episode at least like once a week. So that way people people can have something to listen to. Because if I do it like every day, like I don't know, like even though that I do have it labeled as like a sports and gaming, you know, you know, podcasting channel, I will come out with other gaming ones. But I think for now the sports ones are always at the best topics that I like to do. But either way, um, I'll uh, keep coming up with more ideas. And uh, I got, I got like a lot of, like, I got like a lot of ideas in store to share. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for coming through. And uh, yep. Until next time, I will see you guys later. And uh, salute to the mighty, mighty LDBC. And then salute to the TWT. And I'm out. This is KRAS7435 signing out. Thank you, and uh, goodbye.